studying over giftings of the Spirit, and we all have gifts or some multiple gifts that we can use to exhort the Lord and to elevate the cross of Jesus Christ. Um, exhortation is one is one of the most powerful gifts that the Lord can give an individual in the body of Christ, more so than teaching the Word, more so than pastoring a church, more so than being a teacher. Why? Because exhortation sends forth a message to a specific individual in a specific situation that God's Holy Spirit through His Word comes in and touches that individual to meet that very specific need. Today, you're looking at a 15-year drug addict that stuck every needle from here to Kingdom Kong in my arm and every type of drug known to man. God saved me from that place. It's been almost eight years ago now and has given me more than what I deserve. He has blessed my life more than what I could ever comprehend that He could bless my life. And I've got a message for you today of hope and of peace. I want to speak to those that come from a place where I have been. And some of you may not have been in the same places, but you've experienced loss, you've experienced divorce, you've experienced separation from your children, you've experienced sickness, you've experienced pain, you've experienced financial difficulties, maybe experiencing some of these things, addiction, uh, in all types of areas and ways of life. And I believe that God has something for us this morning in the house of God and those that have listened into this message of His plan and purpose in your life, even in the midst of your darkest storm. And I believe that God wants to touch somebody in a special way today to give them a hope, to help light a fire inside of our heart of just who God is and what His purpose and plan is in the situation that you may find yourself in this morning. See, uh, the enemy, the dark forces of this world, has masterminded this for generations, for thousands of years. He, he, the, the enemy's greatest fear is, is that you overcome in to know the mystery, the secret of the kingdom of God. Uh, and there is a mystery. There is this great secret that us as a believer, a body of Christ, the church, has today. Now, whether or not you've ever been made aware of it, or if you've had and you've pressed it down, I, I don't know what this individual circumstance is. Maybe, maybe some have never heard of the great mystery of the secret that God has for us to be able to overcome. It's like this formula that God has put together in His Word through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, in, it's, it's so simple. It's not a whole bunch of things and rituals that we have to walk through. It's, it's not a, a, a whole bunch of ceremony that we have to attend or even a whole lot of prayer, Christian counseling, or sitting under the teaching and preaching of God's Word. Because this mystery I'm about to reveal to you this morning 
is something that you can receive right now, depending, and it's not dependent on how much education that you've had. It doesn't matter how much you've studied or read your Bible. You've maybe never been able, you've ne maybe never picked up a Bible and read it before in your life. You maybe never been in a church your entire life. But today, you can experience the power of God the same as anyone that's ever walked the face of this earth. Billy Graham, I don't care who it is, one of the greatest evangelist teachers, you can experience that same power and anointing on top of your life this morning and experience those same riches uh, that some of these men and people that you've read and you've heard stories about have experienced in their life is available today. And we're, we're going to peer into God's Word and we're going to unlock this, this mystery, this, uh, this great plan, this great secret that has been locked up for thousands of years. And as the Scripture even said, it has been hidden from, man, from mankind for thousands of years. Those in the Old Testament that we read about, they didn't have this plan. This mystery was never revealed to them. But to me and you, God has been so gracious to pin down on paper the secret to life. The secret to true life. You say, well, I have life. Well, what is life? It's, we're, we're going to look at that for a minute first before we come into this context. What is life? What's the definition of life? You know, there's life and there's death. Life means to, to have exactly what it says. You can breathe. You're alive. You have functionality. Oh, it's, it's to be alive. Right? It's to have experience. Right? Uh, that's what life truly is. Uh, what is. What is death? The very opposite of life. You can be dead and still breathing. See? You can, you can be dead and, and you, can, you can have life but be dead at the same time because the Bible's definition of life is to have joy and to have it more abundantly, right? That's what John 10, 10, where he says, he says that uh, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. That is the life of God. That was God's intention for every man, woman, and child that ever comes out of the birth canal is to experience that type of life, and it is an experience but so many people today walk, they actually physically breathe out of their nostrils and they move with their hands and feet in a place of deadness. There's no purpose to their life. Even in ministry, you even see it in the church, even in the house of God. People where they, where they walk, there seems to be just this cloud of despair uh, that has come over like this, this cloud and we're just trying to make it through until the end. God just... Just come back and just take us home, Lord. I just can't wait till this thing is over. Just help me to be the best I can be. Just help me to live the best I can. Amy, turn this down just a notch. Uh, just, just help me to, uh, to, to not maybe do some of the things that, uh, you know, throw people in, in prison or, or jail. It help, me just to, uh, help me just to be able to walk, do my job, raise my family. And when people look back, they can see that he was a good boy or he was a good girl. There's more to life than just surviving and, and striving. According to the Word of God, there is a life that's offered through the person of Jesus Christ that 
is, is a life that's not like the world perceives life to be. Uh, it'll give you the ability to overcome heroin. It'll give you the ability to overcome methamphetamines. It'll give you the ability to overcome sexual immorality. It'll give you the ability to overcome cigarettes. It'll give you the ability to overcome backbiting, lying, stealing, cheating, adultery. It'll give you the ability to be able to live a life that otherwise you could not live on your own. And in all of that, all of those things, all of that life is wrapped up in one place. And we're going to look at that this morning in Colossians 2. We're going to be in a few passages of Scripture, but mostly we're going to be in Colossians, and then we're going to reference a Scripture in Ephesians. But Colossians 2, 2 through 5, Paul is speaking to the church. He isn't speaking to a group of unbelievers. He's speaking to those that call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's given them some instruction. And he's about to shatter some minds. He's about to, he's about to open up the, the revelation of God to these people uh, for possibly the first time that some of them have ever heard the message this way of the life of Christ. He says that, I want you, and I'm going to read out of the NLT this morning. He says, I want you, I want them, I want the church, he says, to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ Himself. In Him lie hidden all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge. I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments, for though I am far away with you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. We're going to jump over to Ephesians 1, 3-11. We're going to go through this kind of, kind of quickly this morning, but... Uh, we're going to come back to one basic context here in a minute. Uh, Ephesians 1, 3-11, I'm going to read again out of the NLT. He says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us in His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great pleasure. So we praise God for the gracious grace, glorious grace that He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered us with kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. He has now revealed unto us His mysterious plan, Jesus, regarding Christ. A plan to fulfill His own good pleasure. And this is the plan... He says, at the right time, He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For He chose us in advance 
and He makes everything work out according to His plan. Ephesians 4.2, or not Ephesians, sorry, Colossians 4.2, Paul goes on and he instructs the church. He says, Now devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Now Colossians 3.2-4, and you might want to write some of these down. Colossians 3.2-4, he says that we are to think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in His glory. Ephesians 3.15 He says, Now, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace, and always be thankful. Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2.9, the Scripture says, Paul again gives a declaration of what God's purpose, what His will is for each and every one of our lives. He says that there's no eye that has seen, there's no ear that's heard, and there's no thought that has entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. And this morning, I believe as we start to open up the Word of God that I believe the Holy Spirit to move upon you in a powerful way this morning, in a special, unique way to, to take back ground that possibly enemy has tried to take in your life and in your family. And we're going we're gonna to look at the way that Christ said through Paul that all strongholds are broken in life. All disappointment is broken all distraction, all, um, all resentment, anything that comes against the knowledge of God that would cause us harm and pain is removed. And it's, it's so simple, but it's so hard at times for us to come into this revelation because as Paul is speaking to the church in chapter 2, he says the whole revelation is Christ. But how many of you know that you can know Jesus and you know about Christ, but you can't experience the power of Christ? Sometimes we know about Christ. We can lead people into salvation prayer of Christ. We come in and teach in the church. We can, we can hold events. We can do all kinds of things. But deep down inside, we don't have the ability that we're not experiencing the full life that Christ offers and that he bought and paid for by the precious blood of his son. And Paul's speaking to this group of people and he's given them this revelation because he says, now, everything that you need is found in Christ, but here's another mystery. Beyond the cross is another nugget of truth that we can miss. That the cross, everything in our personal life, that ties us to the cross to experience the life of Christ is all found in one word. And this may be the first time that you've ever heard this, but you can read through the word and you can find it for yourself in, in all of these scriptures that you read through Colossians and Ephesians and all through the New Testament, even Christ Himself. Paul mentions, he says, that we are to be thankful. You say, hmm. We're coming up into Thanksgiving. Now, this is a month that we celebrate 
uh, all of the things that God has given us in our freedom. But I want to ask you this morning, coming into the house of God this morning, how thankful are you? This is something the Lord has been just... He's been coming over top of my mind and ministering to me this word. And I can't even begin to explain to you the amount of freedom that is coming over top of my life because of one word. It says, it's thankfulness. It says, Jeremiah... Don't you know that my whole will for your life is wrapped up in Christ, but hinging upon your thankfulness? It's hinging upon an attitude. See, uh, a lot of times we get stuck in these ruts, especially in the Christian life of, of we're, we're just trying to do the right thing. But somewhere along the line, we, we lose that, um, that allness, that... Uh, you know, just like these children are going to be experiencing a gift, they're given this gift, maybe some of them it's the first time they've ever seen anything like this in their life, and they receive it with a great joy. There's an excitement. I've never held this before. And in our Christian walk, that's how our salvation experience is when Christ is being elevated and forgiveness of sin is being preached and there's repentance and the Spirit of God comes into a man or a woman's heart. There's something that happens. You can feel that. You know, that's something that you can literally feel. It's tangible. It's something that comes upon you. Your countenance changes. At least it should have. If there hadn't been a feeling or an experience, then I would question whether you was ever able to experience the power in the Spirit of God because it changes you. It transforms you. And those that sitting under the sound of my voice that's had that experience knows what it is. And I just ask you this morning, is where has it went? And see, over, over a process of time, sometimes we find ourselves to where we've been so spoiled because of, of blessing. And some people may be sitting in a place right now the way they say, well, I, really, I, haven't been, I haven't been blessed. My life has been a tragedy. Oh, and I'm sorry for that. I know that there is people It's a very negative situations today. I know... That there's wives, or I know that there's, well, there's, there's wives that sit under abusive husbands. I know that there's husbands that sit under abusive wives. I know that there is children that sit under abusive parents. There's, there's rapes. There's, there's all types of things. Molestation. There's, there's addictions. I know that there's people that just walked into work last week and they lost their job after 20 or 30 years and it was just out of nowhere and now all of a sudden retirement benefits are gone. Things are being jerked that you worked your whole life for and everything's in question. I know that there's people under the sound of my voice that their wife just walked out on them yesterday or today or last week and she's off with another man and you don't even know where she's at. I know that there is wives that's sitting under the sound of my voice or may listen into this message that your husband just walked out. He's with another woman. All types of chaos is going on. I understand those things. There's people that's got reports from the doctors that has just brought them to their knees because disease has hit their home. They don't understand there's all of this pain. There's all of this suffering. You've got children that's running an addiction. You've got people in the, your family in your, in your life that you love and you care about uh, that's going through extreme situations and circumstances. But I'm here this morning to give you the answer. To give you some hope today. 
Oh, you don't have to live in that situation and circumstance because God can come upon your life and upon your mind and He can give you a very special ability to be able to live in that environment, maybe even for a process of time, and to make you untouchable in the Spirit. See, you may be set, there may be people sitting in a jail cell in a penitentiary right now this morning. It doesn't matter where you are because your situation and circumstance don't dictate your identity in the Lord. It's time we press through some things and tear down some blocks that the enemies wanted to put up. Now, I'm not saying it don't matter the situation you're in. I know that those things have great uh, implications upon our life and it takes captive the thoughts of our mind. I understand those things. Those are real situations. I, I get it. I've lived it. Not all of them, but I've lived the majority of it. Some of it I'm still living today. But I can give you something this morning. I pray that the Holy Spirit helps open up your mind that God Himself sent His Son to the earth to die for your sins, to be rose again the third day, to sit on the right hand of the Father, to gift you this morning. Not with Jesus... Say, huh? That's blasphemy. He wants to gift you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus. Jesus paid the price for the Holy Spirit. See, here's, here's, here's something that's very unique about this plan. See, because Christ is all wrapped up into it. But the gift, the real gift, is the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus. That's what He told the believers. He says to go. You go wait in Jerusalem and tarry until what I spoke to you comes upon you. And it was a promise. It was, a great, it was the comforter. The great paraclete, the Scripture uh, says, where He comes up alongside and He gives us uh, help. And He comes up and He helps us in times of infirmity. And I want to give you a revelation this morning of the Holy Spirit and how you can become more aware that you can experience the things of God that He has for you right where you are. You know, there's something miraculous when you meet someone that's full of the Spirit of God because they can be in some of the nastiest, most negative situations in life and have the most joy. See, because they've learned God's given them something like that. He has Paul. You know, I've mentioned this so many times before. The majority of the New Testament was wrote from a prison cell. Jesus. But the greatest joy that we read about, apart from Christ's earthly ministry, also come from that place of detainment, so to speak. It says, when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, he will. There's no question about it. As we start to grow more into the knowledge and revelation of God's Holy Spirit, we allow Him to move through our life. There's a deeper identity in Christ that comes to our life that tears down the strongholds of the enemy. You say, well, how do I get that? I thought that when I become saved that the Holy Spirit just comes into my life and, and, and I'm saved and He dwells in my life. Yes, but did you know there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit? There is... 
There is another part. You know, and we get, we get so divided on things, that I don't believe in the baptism of the Holy... Then you don't believe the Scripture. Because the Scripture said... You know what the baptism is? It's a deeper awareness. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. It's an awareness of the presence of God. Now let me tell you something. You can't receive that by a minister coming up and laying his hands on you to transfer the power of God. That's a lie. Now, how you receive that, that changes a man or woman's life, that makes us aware of the giftings that God has already placed inside of us, see, is when we come to that personal understanding through revelation, because of exhortation, because of teaching and preaching of God's Word, that the mystery is revealed. And see, this is what Paul, this is where he's leading this church into. This church is having an effect. These people had had an experience, but he's trying to take them further. He says, now, I need you to understand, yes, that everything in life, in the kingdom of God, is found in one place, and that is Christ. But because we have Christ, you have to know the gift that He paid the price for, and that's His Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer? It's a life lived. That's it in a nutshell. It's life. It is the more abundant that John 10.10 talks about that the enemy comes still kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. And here's what happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, once we're given that life, it, He catapults us into more life. Is that you may have more abundantly. He don't say that you will have more things. You will have more houses. You have better paying jobs. You have all these things. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I believe in the gifts of God. I believe that God wants to bless His people. But you know what? There's people that's highly blessed and truly favored that have nothing that's struggling today and maybe living on their bridge. And you know what? That may be God's plan for their life. You say, well, where do you find that in this Word? Read the Bible! Look through all through the Old Testament and new the suffering of the saints. And Jesus said, He said, look, you're going to suffer tribulation you're going to come trials, right? We just talked about that yesterday in our Eagles Point meeting. But there's, there's something that I have given. He says, I've overcome the world. Jesus, I've, I've done all of this for you because these trials, even though they may seem to be lifelong, they're a, they're a season, see? Seasons come and go. You, you may find yourself in a place today that you won't find yourself five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now. Seasons change. Seasons are to never dictate our identity. See, there's children of God. There's people that said under the sound of my voice that's had thankful hearts. They've been thankful because of the season that they have been in. But you find very very quickly when the season changes sometimes. And then they're in a different environment where that thanksgiving goes. Straight to the gutter. Why? Because it was never wrapped up in Christ to begin with. It was wrapped up in tangible things. It was wrapped up in what God has blessed me with. It's wrapped up in those things. You will find the fruit of a child of God. Now, now don't, don't get, I don't want you to take this message to a place where I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for all the negative things that come into my life. No, I pray to stay in those blessings. But God's been giving me more of awareness of Jeremiah. It doesn't matter. None of these 
things matter because it's all found in me. And He's been teaching me more to discipline myself daily to when I open my eyes in the morning, the very first thing that I do is start thanking the Lord. And we're not just thanking Him for just little things. I'm talking about spending some time with God. I'm not talking about 30 seconds. Thank you, God, for waking me up again. and give, Those are good things. But that's not heartfelt. That's, that's not what changes the mind. Let me, let me explain to you this way. You know when, when, when the Lord led the children of Israel across the Jordan River, and we know we've got this stone of remembrance here, as uh, God was leading them through, and they, they go across, and then He tells Joshua, now send one man from each tribe back and have him pick up a stone by the Ark of the Covenant, you know, middle of the Jordan River. Told him to take it back and to build an altar. Where are you telling him to build it at? In your home. This is, you're going to take it back in the place where you reside. Why? Because the first thing you're going to look at when you open your eyes, it's going to be the last thing that you look at when you close your eyes. So you can't deny the power and the working power of God. Well, see, God, how He operates in the life of the believer is as He starts to give us experience. And as He gives us this first initial experience of life, see... This is why they have a Bible that's wrote that's called Free on the Inside. Some of you never read it because you've never been to the penitentiary. I have. And I used to have one. And it's got articles and testimonies of men that's going to be incarcerated the rest of their life and they're never going to get out. But you know what? They're praising Jesus in a prison cell. And they're holding Bible studies. And there's revivals happening behind prison walls where they're in chains. You know why that is? Because the life of Christ come into a man's life in the life of Christ in that freedom and that abundant joy is not hinging upon your situation and your circumstance. God miraculously comes down and He intervenes and He shatters all of those things because we, we understand and, and we come into a revelation that the real life is in Him. Where, what is that life and how do we hold on to it? There has to be a belief system their first has to be a faith. See, in Hebrews 11.1, uh, that's exactly what he says. He says, now faith, and now the NLT says, is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see. See, all through Colossians and Ephesians, Ephesians 1, he sets forth in this great mystery and he reveals this plan. He says, you know that there is coming a time, he says, everything is going to come under the authority of Christ and everything in heaven on earth. For me and you as a Christian, that's for us today. Our life as a representation of the kingdom of God. There's also coming another day where He brings the whole world. See, there's going to come a time of accountability to where the church is going to be arise from, from the earth and He's going to establish His earthly kingdom and He's going to establish a new heaven in the, in the new earth right here. And I don't know when that will be and it looks like it's going to be coming sooner than later. But that gives us a hope because he says in Revelation, he says, look, we're going to have a new home. We're going to walk streets of gold. There's going to be no more crying. There's going to be no more suffering. There's going to be no more pain. And he goes on and, and, and Paul goes on to this church in, in Colossae and he's, he's speaking to them these things, this mystery. And he's telling them, and that's why I read to you these scriptures in Colossians 3, 2-4 and 3.15. As he tells us, he says, now set your mind on the things above. Don't set them on earthly things. 
things. Don't set them on the things around you and that you're going through. You say, that's so hard. It's so difficult. Yes, it can be. But I can tell you this. The Word of God is true. And it don't matter which one of these situations that we talked about, maybe mentioned this morning, or haven't mentioned that you're in. Right now, this very second, if you can hit your knees and you can devote yourself right now, and you start thanking the Lord in prayer and meditation according to Colossians 4.2, you're aware, see, that's why he says, that's why I love to read this out of the NLT. 